just got done listening to one of my favorite episodes that we had done. Uh, we started off with the Weepy Voice Killer, and we just wrapped up listening to the story about Lamora Williams. What do you think, bud? Man, I gotta say, listening to it again, there were so many moments where I was looking at you across the table of my jaw, just like almost on the floor. Dude, uh, first of all, great. It was a great episode. Props to you. You did great. Thank um, you. And it. The, Thank you. All the audio is very compelling. I appreciate it. Uh, so I was trying to think about, because I didn't have any real ep- uh, experience doing podcasting at this time. This was technically our fourth episode. I was like, man, where did I where did I come up with this stuff? And the only thing that I kept thinking of, well, first of all, I think there was one influence, and it was by, what was the show that we ran the promo for? Oh, gosh. You said it on accident in the beginning. Horror story. Yeah. Horror, yeah. Um, true crime horror story. True crime horror story. And I think I was listening to a lot of true crime horror story, among others, like Sword and Scale and stuff like that at the time when we were doing this. And I actually called our show Fun Time Horror Story at the beginning. And I'm like, what a dumbass. And I didn't even catch it until just now. So it's been like two two years later. I remember giving you shit for it back uh, well, then. Oh, you probably did. And I probably were, just didn't care. No, you were upset. Or I didn't know how to edit it. Yeah, you were upset about it. And you're like, man, well, I've already published it. I can't go back and change it now. Um, um, that's it. But I will say, uh, outside of those influences of probably those two podcasts that I just named uh, being influences, to me, it almost felt like a Faces of Death movie yes. didn't it yes it did like the music the way that i was talking real low and being real somber mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. it, it sounded like i was narrating faces of death so it did have that feel to it i agree which is really weird because i watched those movies back when i was like early high school and it really it really kind of i actually told the story in another one of our episodes but um a friend of mine we were out of town at an uncle's house and we ran into town, and while his sister was getting groceries, we went next door to the video store. And on the top shelf, there were like these, I don't know, there had to be like 10 of them. And it said, it had a big sign, it said ages 21 and over or whatever. And his sister was older than us, so we, whenever she got in grocery shopping, we brought her in. We said, hey, we want to rent some movies and stuff. And then we got her to go over there and actually rent those for us. And we were just like, oh, it's just scary movies or whatever. And I remember... It was probably like the next day. Everybody in the family wanted to go do something. And so they left us there alone. And we ended up spending the entire day watching those back to back to back to back. And I honestly felt like something from that moment changed inside my brain. Like, I don't know what happened, but like something broke. And I honestly don't feel like I was the same person afterwards. And that's why we're here today. And that's why we're here today. Recording these episodes. (laughs) It's kind of weird that I would be heavily influenced by something like Faces of Death, if that's what it was, which I feel like it was. And I haven't seen those things in, I don't know, what's 43 minus 15? (laughs) A long time. Almost 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally weird, man. No, it's not. Because I feel like a huge influence for me is um, Cold Case Files. And um, it still continues to be an influence for me. Yeah, like even to the, and I haven't watched Cold Case Files in probably 10, 15 years. That was the other one that I thought too was Unsolved Mysteries. I think as I was listening to that, like kind of the music behind it, it yeah. almost had a Unsolved Mysteries feel. There was one part 
um, where you had kind of like a Stranger Things music vibe going on. It kind of had that synthetic 80s like thing going on. Well, that's why I thought Faces of Death. Ah, okay, okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That so, rotary sounding thing. Yeah, it was yeah. like very um, synthesized and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, let me see here. So, Influenced by Faces of Death. I gave the wrong name. Oh, while we were listening, I actually Google searched – uh, to see if there was any updates on this case. And really, the only websites that even touched on this was like 2022. So it's been like over a year since anybody's even written anything online. And the only update that I saw was that you can no longer apparently find her name even listed on the corrections website. Hmm. So more than likely, what that means is they're having a difficult time trying to find her fit to stand trial. And they probably ended up moving her to a private facility, like maybe even like a mental hospital mm -hmm. or something, yeah. you know, for evaluation or for care or whatever. So I find that very interesting. I also know as a society, things are hot for like a second and then we move on. Yeah. Like we almost never get a conclusion to any story. Like you watch the news and every single news story is about somebody getting shot or whatever, but you never hear a story like a month from now saying, oh, a month ago we covered the story and police arrested this person. I mean, you almost never get the conclusion. That's not what's going to get you the clicks. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, so that kind of sucks, but. Well, it's I think it's, it's a product of where we're at in the United States. I hear a lot that our news here is sensationalized and doesn't seem like news. It seems like television. -like. Totally. I, I wrote down that it's. It seemed really unprecedented how cool, calm, and collected Jamil was during the 911 call. Uh, but then I didn't think that that was such a bad thing uh, because that's exactly how you should probably sound when you do have to call for help. I mean, his his sole focus was just please get somebody over there to let me know if this is true. Just go check the kids. You know, like that's that was his direction. In stark contrast to her 911 calls, which is, no, I don't want to tell you where I'm at. I don't want to get into trouble. Like, the focus was more about her. Like, did you pick up on the same thing? Yes. Yeah. I had different conclusions as far as Jamil goes, but yes, I had the exact same thoughts. Well, jump on it. Um, I have some criticisms of, criticisms of him anyway, because largely, he, if he wasn't a quitter, he wouldn't be in that situation. His kids wouldn't have been in that situation. He left her. And I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying that you owe, like, I'm not, I'm not here to say, like, you better stick with her if you get her pregnant. Like, that's not my end to say. But if you have any ounce of, like, love for your kids, you need to kind of have a resolution as to what's going to happen with them before you leave their mom. And then, like, if you know her to be mentally unstable, what, like, that's kind of stupid. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's like a losing situation because I've I've kind of been in the situation myself where you know I wasn't with a very nice person in mm -hmm. my opinion mm -hmm. and had some problems and stuff. And when it was time to split, you know, of course I went my separate ways, left the kids there. But my sole focus, like the entire time, was I'm going to do everything I can to get my kids back with me. Right. And uh, and unfortunately, I ended up getting my kids back to live with me because something bad actually ended up happening. Right. And it was, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to get into that story today, but, you know, unfortunately some, some abuse occurred mm -hmm. and it was brought to my attention and there was physical evidence of it. And I immediately, you know, called the police, but also to, you know, Jamil's still around too. So I want to make sure we don't. Uh, so I guess here's like trash the guy, but, but I even said in the story that, um, 
you know, like, why wouldn't you bring, why didn't somebody in the family step in? I don't know if you remember me yeah, saying that. I did that. catch that, yeah. You know, like, because the parents knew that she was messed up, like, family knew that she was messed up and stuff like that. But at the same time, again, going back to what I said in the story, how many people in your family do you know that are messed up and you're not calling the police to have the kids removed? All of them. <laughs> All of them. My family's interesting. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I, I guess you're right. I don't want to, you know, bad talk to Mill if we don't – not knowing him personally. Um, I, and, and I've also never been in that situation in terms of like – splitting up and trying to take care of your kids and while you're not lit with the mom. Yeah. But I have, I, I, I feel like, um, I, as a, as a father, you have to like, you might have to just suck it up for the safety of your kids. Um, now. Well, that's another thing I found myself in, you know, I, it was bad for a long time. It just didn't get bad one day and then we split up the next day. Right. Like it was bad for a long time. And one of the reasons that kept me around was trying to figure out what in the world the, ex- the exit plan was. Yeah. What's the exit strategy? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, and a lot of it revolved around like, I don't want my kids to stay here, but this is Texas. And nine times out of 10, the kids are staying with the mom. Oh, hell yeah. And if that's the case, Financially, I want to be accountable to them, mm-hmm. and I knew how much money that was going to take, but I also knew how much money I made, <laughs> and so it's like, what well, now how do I support myself? And it, it was just a really, really bad situation, and, and then, you know, you're paying all that money and stuff like that, and you know when the kids come to stay with you, you, you know, you hear about what mom's doing and everything that they need and, and stuff like that. It makes it really, really hard, and... um Unfortunately, bad things ended up happening, uh, like I said before. But in the long run, it was a total blessing because they got to they got to come, and um, you know, it was just I don't know. It was just a really weird, horrible thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it, it seems like it's impossible to get over. But then everything works out. You know, everything worked out for the best, and and everybody's happy. And it was a long time ago, and. And we're all good, man. That's how it can work out if, you know, your wife doesn't, your ex-wife doesn't fillet your children and put them in the oven. Well, that's true. That's um, true. Well, so I, I see your point and I think the takeaway from at least my, like this, this, this back and forth part is that um, you can maybe hold the father responsible, but also consider that, you know, I, what it's like. There's, there's two sides of that coin. Could, could dad have done more? Maybe. Could, but we also don't know. And we don't know what it's like to be in a turbulent relationship and having to try and navigate that. As far as the, the stark, like you pointed out the difference between Lamora's call, how she was all about herself. She was trying to create an alibi. She was totally trying to create an alibi. Like, oh, yeah. Like, this is a recorded line. Um, uh, yeah. So I was at work. I was gone. What do I do? And trying to get legal advice from a 911 operator. That's true. That's- I, didn't, I didn't look at it that way, but like, uh, how, how should I proceed with this phone call, basically, is what she's saying. Yeah. How you do know? I word this so I don't get in trouble? I, I just wonder what the outcome is, and it, it is something that I hope that we stay on top of. Uh, I'm sure once it once it starts again, it's probably going to be all over the news. I mean, it's a pretty big story, especially here in, I, I consider Texas the South, even yeah. though when I went to go live in Tennessee – that was the South, but that's like way farther north. But anyway, that's beside the point. I, I was just kind of shocked at the overall brutality of this episode. And 
I was thinking back to, you know, we accidentally skipped episode two because we were talking about doing our next archive oh, yeah. for Weepy Voice and Lamora Williams, and we completely forgot about Ronald Brown. I was on a pretty impressive streak of total brutality. You were. I mean, when you guys hear Ronald Brown, if you don't know the story, Ugh. not to mention we end up doing a total reenactment. That one's that, that one was fucked up. I had a hard time with that one. Should we do that one next in our yeah. archives, or should we go like to something later on, maybe a little more light? No, do it next. Okay. But before you completely, um, I, I had I just wanted to say, like, I ha- had a wrote down, like, first of all, I don't fully vilify Lamora in my head because I think that there's an unfair expectation in our society that the woman has to be the absolute caretaker of the kids once. Once there's a separation, um, and I, I, I have three kids, and me and my wife are together, and they freaking drive me nuts. And this is, I'm someone who likes being a parent, and I try to be a good parent. I try, I play with my kids, I read them books, all the, all that jazz, right? And I'm not singing my praises, but the point is, like, we're giving this a good old honest effort, and there are days where it's like, please stop asking me for things. Please stop talking endlessly. Please stop talking at volume 10. So I can only imagine, you know, we're, we, her and I both work. We work, we both have side hustles. Like we're putting everything into it. We've got a lot of help from each other. And this is stressful as hell. I can only imagine having four and being alone, being poor, being uneducated, being mentally ill. I mean, the recipe for losing your shit is there. And those kids do not make it easy. Okay. So I totally agree with you, but I'm going to be honest with you. When you started your statement saying, Hey, I'm not going to blame Lamora altogether for this. I was kind of wondering where you were going to go with that. I was like, oh my God. Let, okay. So let the hate mail come in. That's funtimehorror at yahoo.com. <laughs> Please put attention, Lucas, for all angry letters. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, ultimately, she's going to be held accountable for this, but through the process, which kind of seems like what's happening now, she's also undergoing some kind of psychiatric, I'm assuming, care somewhere. And. Unfortunately, by the time she gets the help that she needs, it's going to be just in time for her to stand trial for what she did. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, maybe we need to. Maybe we, as a society, need to get our priorities straight. Yeah, mental let's, health let's, is a real. Thing. Let's let's do the care before, right? And and actually, I just realized that's going to segue into our next episode. I just realized that. Yeah, I, I thought it. It was the episode we were supposed to record tonight, but it wasn't quite ready. It's one that Lucas is working on. Do you even want to give a preview? Yes, I will. Um, we're going to be looking at medications meant for psychiatric and mental care. And we're going to look at whether or not it is beneficial or harmful. And um, what can happen when someone's put under a lot of stress and um, is already unstable. And um, it's very similar, um, especially because this person did snap and some things went really, really wrong. Well, cool. I kind of feel good about maybe leaving it there on a cliffhanger. Yeah. All right. Are you done? I had one more thing to say, but I kind of Oh, we'll do your thing. No, cliffhanger sounds good. Say, Say what you want. Or we can do a cliffhanger. The world, the globe is already overpopulated with humans. Oh, Lord. Here we go. You don't have to have kids just because you shacked up with somebody, people. Well, is that is that the bringing? Is that what we're bringing awareness to? I just, 
the, the, so many people, I, I'm thinking about people in my own family. They get into a relationship. They date someone for three months. They have a kid. And then a year later, they're divorced or they're broken up. And there's just a whole trail of kids that are like, who's going to take care of me? And nobody wants them because they don't like the, the, the other person. They, they don't like their partner anymore. You know, then it's like, this is how these kids end up in the oven because you didn't think it through. Like, it, like it's not a puppy. It's not a goldfish. You make a baby. Well, that's true. And it, it reminds me of something morbid, too, that I thought out loud the other day, which I'm prone to do. Uh, for the better part of my life, I was always a pretty conservative guy. Mm -hmm. And as you know, and as some of our listeners may know, a few, maybe two years ago, I don't know, I gave up social media, watching the news on a regular basis, mm -hmm. and I gave up religion and politics. So, you're really happy now. Yeah, I've never been happier. <laughs> but- I said something the other day, and, and granted, my job now requires me to be out in the world for eight to ten hours a day now, not just trapped in a cubicle. And so, I'm getting to experience the people of the world constantly. And I actually said, you know, I've, I've become a more liberal guy the older I get. I tend to be, but abortion was always something that I just couldn't wrap my head around. But now that I'm out in the public, all day, every day. I'm starting to get on the the bandwagon of abortion. We might need to control this population a little bit. Yeah, I, I and it's it's so bad, and I shouldn't think that, but I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe I should just delete that part. And the response? No, I think I know what you're saying. It's because the responsibility starts. It, it lies with us who are actually alive and able able to create kids. Just because you can make them doesn't mean you should. Not everybody is, you know, kid, I, I think we have it in our minds that you, we have this idea of growing up, getting married, making kids because it's what you're supposed to do. But that's what you're told you're supposed to do because a society needs a population to sustain itself. So that's something that's been driv drilled into our heads for a long time, but we don't need that to sustain it ourselves anymore because there's an abundance of humans. So it's not really necessary. Do you think that this uh, recap is going to be looked upon as enlightening or controversial? Hopefully both. All right. It well, needs to be it. both. I like it. Yeah, me too. All right, guys. Remember, Tommy does love you. I feel a strong regard for you as well. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? Protect your booty. All right, guys. Take care. <laughs>